Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Uh, about six weeks ago, I was out uh, walking along uh, the Kanapali Beach area where I live on Maui, or where I write, rather, and um, I came across this couple uh a mother, her name was Linda, and her daughter, her name was Nicolette. And they stopped me and t- talked to me and they said, oh, my God, we so much wanted to meet you. Uh, we had this sort of crisis that had taken place. And, and I looked at her daughter, and her daughter's entire right side of her face was paralyzed. Uh, now, there was a time when I wouldn't have said anything about that, but that's not where I am at these days in my life. So I talked to the mother for a little while, and I reached up and I touched the daughter's face, and I said, what's going on here? Um, and she said she just just a few days before she had just become paralyzed and um, she uh, had no movement on the right side of her face. And I said, well, you know what? I think we can pub- something can be done about that. I just having all kinds of experiences with miracles and healing and uh, this John of God thing with the leukemia and and so on. I so I invited her up to my uh, uh, right to where I live uh, this uh, apartment here and. Um, I brought in and I did about an hour's work with her, uh, just talking to her about being able to, it's based on the book uh, that I just completed, uh, that the first draft of, which will be out uh, late, early next year. It's called Wishes Fulfilled, but she didn't know the name of that book or anything. And um, I told her about the importance of being able to put something into your imagination and use your imagination. This is for everybody out there listening on hold and listening on this show. Um, that your imagination is the greatest gift that you've ever been given. And being able to place something into your imagination is the beginning of, uh, of manifestation because everything that now exists was once imagined. And if you can take the corollary, the reverse of that, say if everything that now exists was once imagined, that everything that is going to be, it's going to exist, must first be imagined. Our imagination is the beginning place for, for manifestation. And I said to her, you have to be able to be able to say to yourself, I am a paralysis free. I am perfect health. Those are your two affirmations. I said, but more than that, what you have to do then, because it's more than just a mental exercise. It's a it's a human feeling exercise as well, because everything that we know and understand intellectually, um, we we get that through our our cognitive processes intellectually. If you want to understand something intellectually, you analyze it, you go through it, you come up with a formula, you study it, you come up with conclusions, and ultimately you say, okay, I get it, I understand this now. Uh, I understand it intellectually. But to understand something spiritually, you have to experience it. And, And that's one of the things that most people have a great deal of difficulty with is experiencing it. And the way that you experience anything is with your feelings. And I said to her, you have to assume the feeling of that wish fulfilled uh, so that you um, you feel in your body what it feels like to be paralysis-free as well as placing it into your imagination with an I am. I am, which is the name of God. I am paralysis-free. I am perfect health. And then no matter what attention comes to you, no matter what you see when you look in the mirror, when it, no matter what your five senses tell you, that you look at it, you touch it, you see it, and it says paralysis, you ignore that and know that you are living from the end and feeling it in your body. You're feeling what that feels like. And you just 
don't allow anybody else's attention nor the attention that your senses are going to tell you to uh, take you away from what you have placed into your imagination. And if you can do that, if you can hang on to that, that is how it will harden into a fact. It will become an object. That future, uh, uh, your, <coughs> your future dream will become a present fact. And that's what I've learned uh, and, and have been practicing and putting into effect in my own life. And when you do that, you begin to activate uh, divine guidance. Uh, when you become God yourself and realize that God is not an external co concept, but that you, in, you indeed are uh, a piece of God. And uh, in fact, you are altogether God because this body that you're in is not who you are. You've been in so many bodies and it just keeps changing. Um, so who you are is this, uh, this infinite presence, this divine presence. So she liked what I said, and I had, I said, and I, I took an hour with her, and then I have a friend, her name's Kate McKernan, and she lives on the, in the, uh, Bay Area. And she had flown over here to uh, do cranial sacral therapy with me for five day for five days, uh, toward the end of April. Uh, she's an amazing woman, and uh, she's originally from, uh, from England, uh, and, um, she practices over there in the Bay Area. She's just an amazing craniosacral therapist. She's the only person I've ever had do craniosacral therapy on me, and I actually feel movement in my body and things happening, and, and there's almost no touching. It's an amazing movement around of energy things. And she happened to be here, and I had flown her over here and asked. She was doing two sessions a day with me. She was working with my daughter. She was working with my neighbors. Um, and she just happened to be here, quote, happened to be here, and she did an hour session with Nicolette as well. So Nicolette left, and I didn't hear any more from her. But Kate called me about, oh, two weeks ago or so and said that uh, I've been talking to Linda, uh, Nicolette's mother, and Kate is now, uh, or Nicolette is now, a lot of the paralysis is gone. And then about a week uh, before I was to speak in Calgary after the Toronto event, she called me and said, I'm 100% paralysis free in two weeks time it's just been the most amazing thing but it's just it's just gone and she said i was able to to do that so i said um i'm going to be speaking in calgary in calgary next on tuesday and you're in vancouver if you and your mom would like to fly over there i'd love to have you come and um and just go on stage and just tell people because they hear me lecturing about it and they think well it's just you know he's that's Wayne Dyer, and uh, you know he, that, that works for him. But what about me, the average person? So uh, they both flew over there, and about two minutes. I didn't know that if they were even there because it was a huge uh, auditorium. It was at the Jubilee Theater there in uh, in Calgary. And uh, about two minutes before the break, uh, after I'd been speaking for a couple of hours, I just said, "Is Nicolette in the audience?" And there she was, sitting in the front row with her mom. So they had gotten in, and I asked her to come up, and she told the story um, of. Uh, what had happened and there she was talking to 2000 people and then at the end they had a reception afterwards and she gave me a card and the card showed a picture of her and me and her mom uh, that was taken uh, there on Maui with her face all paralyzed and you can obviously see the paralysis uh, her face is all twisted and then there's another picture of her uh, in, a, in an evening gown and uh, and she's all paralysis free and it says uh, it says a wish fulfilled which she didn't even know the title and, uh, and I looked on the photograph, and there's an orb. I've been talking about orbs. I've been writing about them. They've been showing up on photographs of me speaking a lot lately. These emanations from spirit, we don't even know what they are, but Hay House has, has a book out called Orbs, which is very, very fascinating. I encourage you to look at it. 
because it's another communication with another dimension, and we're not sure quite what, quite what they are. They can't be explained by science, uh, and they, they show up, and they show up at particular times. There are 70-some photographs of the, those uh, orbs in that book, and four of them are uh, uh, pictures that were taken of John of God doing uh, uh, the kind of surgery that he did with me. Uh, and, and in one photograph, there's, it's just overwhelming to see the number of orbs. And that's in that book. You can all order that through Hay House. That's an astonishing book. Um, so there was, and it was on her left shoulder, very much like the very first orb that ever showed up on me on the left shoulder when I, about uh, maybe four, four or five months ago in January when I was doing a tour. And they have been showing up in dramatic uh, form since I've been speaking mm. particularly about these things. So I just uh, was just so fascinated with this uh, this idea that there's, uh, you know, every, and, and you were mentioning to me, Diane, that um, you had received a lot of emails and calls from the uh, last show that we did when uh, Anita Murjani. Right, Anita from uh, Hong Kong. And that was amazing. In. I just saw Hong Kong and I thought, wow, how, how amazing. <laughs> Someone's calling us from yeah. Hong Kong and it turned out to be her. And she had to set her alarm for 3.30 in the morning to get up because of the time difference of when that show airs over there in Hong Kong and she has now um, been signed up she's uh, on the schedule and her book uh, dying to be me I'm going to write the forward to it and uh, and one of the things that she discovered in that in that experience and this is a woman who had the cancer throughout her entire body had been given something like between 24 and 36 hours to live was in a coma her her organs had shut down and uh, it a short time after she came back and uh, she had she told me after we talked on the phone a long time after that show she said she had uh, uh, 24 I think she said it was 24 tumors the size of lemons uh, throughout her entire body and uh, all, all of her organs were shutting down and they had even written on her medical records that she wouldn't survive um, you might want to download that show I think it was the May 2nd show was it the May 2nd I think it was or, I mean, have the, it was the last the live show. Maybe you can get make yeah, sure. Yeah, I can check. I can check the date, and we'll we'll put it on. Yeah, but I would download that show. Uh, but one of the things that she discovered is that um, you know, in that in that time, is that everything is connected. That there are no um, that there's no future. There's no past. That there's a, there's a, there's only now. There's only the present, and uh, uh, and that's an idea that it's very hard for us to wrap our heads around because we begin and we end and we're using a brain that did begin and does end uh, to try to comprehend something that the brain isn't. Um, and so it's a very difficult concept. You have to literally get outside of your brain and uh, become become spirit uh, in order to understand that. And that picture that was taken of Nicolette um, when she, with that orb on her left shoulder was taken before this event, before before uh, the, the paralysis event and everything that I've just described. And I just suggest that, you know, even though I have no idea what these orbs are and what they mean and what messages that they're sending, I've been studying it and, uh, and, and have had more and more of it show up in my life, um, particularly when I'm talking about uh, these divine messages and these, uh, and these capacities to be able to heal ourselves and uh, the experiences that I had with, with the John of God and so on, these orbs have been showing up. And... Um, it's, it's, it's like if there's no time, it doesn't make any difference. It's almost as if it showed up on her left shoulder in a picture that was taken before this happened. And then she can't, got had her paralysis, came here, accidentally met me walking at this town, and came up into my office. I worked with her for an hour. Kate happened to be here, worked with her. She goes back to Vancouver, gets uh, overcomes this through this higher consciousness way of healing herself. 
and then she's speaking to thousands of people in front of an uh, of an audience and tell and told me after the thing that she's seriously considering uh you know changing her major and and really using this experience as a, as a, as a, almost like a wake up call that she has a dharma that's much bigger than what she thought it was before so just a pretty young and she's a gorgeous beautiful 20 year old girl but she's now had this uh, this amazing experience of paralysis healing non-paralysis and teaching other people that uh, there is something higher within all of us that can uh, can create miracles wow that's incredible that isn't that yeah so i've been debating about what how what am i going to how am i going to introduce this book because when i sat down to write wishes fulfilled i mean i didn't have an outline or anything i just let it come it's been automatic writing and so many experiences and it's like i just finished a reading uh, an edited version of the first five chapters and I just put it down and it's like it's the first book I've ever written that I just love reading I mean it's like a lot of times it's like an editing process and I've already said this and it's like I don't want to go over this again and again and again every time I read this I, I am I'm deeply and profoundly touched and another miracle seems to happen um, but I've been debating uh, what um, how should I write the introduction? What introduction? Do I need to write an introduction? Um, most books I write one or something. Um, and then this story happened, and I've got the pictures to show her uh, with paralysis-free and non-paralysis with that orb on her shoulder, which I have talked about uh, in this book. Uh, and I said, I'm just going to tell this story and put those pictures in the book, and um, there it is. That'll be an introduction to the book. If you've got something going on in your life that you think you don't have some kind of, uh, some element of contact with um, with the godness, the, the God-realized being that you really and truly are, um, well, here's an example of it. And, uh, and the experience that I had with uh, John of God uh, and that healing and the removal of the sutures and what has happened in my life yesterday, um, Sunday was the, you know, ever since I had that, that diagnosis of leukemia, which I never, no longer say I have leukemia. Um, but ever since I've had that diagnosis, I haven't done uh, my, my, uh, my Bikram yoga because I somehow I got a suggestion and then that it's too hard for you and you're not supposed to do the heat and blah, blah, blah. And I stayed away from it. And I just, yesterday I got up at five thirty in the morning and I stood there and I said, you know what, I'm doing yoga today. And I told my friend, Carrie, we're going to a yoga class. And, uh, we went off and uh, and and I did my first yoga class in 11 months, and I did both sets 90 minutes, and this pain that I've had in my lower back for about three or four months now is just gone. I it's, for 24 hours I haven't had it. It's the first 24-hour period that I've had as a, a pain-free from that back, and I think it was just getting back there, doing the stretching, and I'm just returning back to a place that I sort of left when the, that diagnosis came into my life. So I'm feeling on top of the world today. Wow, that's incredible. Amazing mm -hmm. story. And I think that would yeah. be perfect to, to start off the book. I mean, it just illustrates perfectly, you know, what right. you're teaching. You couldn't, you couldn't say Here's it better. Story, and this is, what, uh, this is what this book will offer you. And, um, and this is what, uh, uh, you know, that, that all, you know, that Jesus says, you know, with God, all things are possible. I, mean, I always say that leaves nothing out. And now I'm really beginning aware that it really and truly leaves nothing out. When a woman has been written off and told that she will die tonight and her organs are shutting down and she goes in and, and, and has a God-realized moment and comes back and is cancer-free. And then all of the synchronicities that had to happen in order for... 
for me to this friend of mine, Mira Kelly, who's a, who's a, uh, a lawyer in New York. Uh, she sent me something about doing a past life regression. She sent me that original thing on, on the near-death experience. She came here to Maui, did that past life regression. That's in the book, the experience that I had, uh, you know, going back there in, in that uh, in that moment. Uh, and then uh, you picking that particular phone call and my calling her and talking to her and saying, look, I want... I want you to come to Hay House. I want that book published. I want the world to know that there is another dimension that you can enter and all things are possible and that leaves nothing out. Nothing. Well, if people can open their minds to that, and, and I think a lot of what you talk about each week helps people to do, do that in some small way. What it is the problem we have with all of this, Diane, is that we are so uh, accustomed to using uh, the information and the evidence that our senses give us that, um, you know, that what we see can feel and touch and hear and smell. Uh, and we believe that so strongly that we um, that that anything else that we might place into our imagination and begin to feel it and live from that place and, and reprogram our our subconscious mind, uh, we, we ignore in the name of just believing on our senses but you know i don't know where you're sitting right now and i know you're in california and i know you're in a studio and i'm in, in maui sitting in a chair and our, our senses tell both of us now you tell me if i'm wrong if your senses don't tell you that you're sitting still right right and don't your you don't your senses say doesn't tell your don't your eyes and your ears say okay i'm here and i'm sitting still but the fact is that we are moving through space at about seventeen thousand miles per hour right now that we are orbiting around uh, the sun, which is 93 million miles away, and and we are also uh, turning on our axis every 24 hours. This entire planet is spinning on its axis and turning. So we are orbiting, spinning, and hurling through space, and our senses tell us that we're sitting still. Why do we believe our senses? <laughs> right. When, you know, That's when we true. have, uh, you know, <laughs> or, or and, and I... we're so convinced. You would say, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'll bet anything. I'm sitting still. I'm sitting still. When, in fact, there's so much movement going around. Mm -hmm. And that's just one little example of how our senses tell us one thing and, and the evidence that we have and, and, and that the opportunity to. When I went into this healing experience with John of God and, and, and then had this, uh, that suture removal experience a week later, um, something came into my room and, and shut down my watch that, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, 80 minutes were lost and I came up, I came out a different person. I have had, uh, for the last 23 years, you know, I don't, I haven't had any alcohol, right? For mm -hmm. 23 years I gave it up. But virtually every one of those days I have an alcohol free beer or two. Uh, in the evening, I just love the taste of that, and and I've uh, just accumulated that. You know, since that moment that I had that happen, I look at that alcohol-free beer and I say, this is not something that I want to put into my body. It's just, I I just turned turned off from it. And 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 the same thing happened with this yoga. It was like I know yoga is one of the best things in the world that that I can do for my body. It can stretch it. But my senses and the doctor's reports and, 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 and everything I've read about uh, this leukemia says that you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But there's an internal part of me that says um, you, don't have to, you don't have to stay in the, uh, in, in the habitual way that you have learned to be uh, in your life if you can just open up to a new dimension. That, that, that things that you just thought were absolutely impossible when you can put them into your imagination and live from there and feel it and actually know that and trust that you're going to be given the guidance, 
things begin to change. They just begin to change. I, I, I don't know. Did I tell you what happened on my on my seventy first birthday on May the tenth? Have I told, told no. the audience that? Yeah, something I was good. In, I hope. Yeah. Well, we're doing <laughs> a um, we're doing, and this all happened after this thing with John of God. I have been infused with such an element of love that I uh, and, and contentment and peace and happiness towards everything and everyone that. Um, uh, it's 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 a it's a real transformation for me. Uh, we I was in San Francisco. You know, we're doing a film on the story of how I forgave my father. It's called My Greatest Teacher. So I was there filming, and then uh, the, the the tenth of May, which was my seventy first birthday, um, uh, I was taken out for dinner uh, in the evening. But during the day, I had the whole day free. I was staying at the St. Francis Hotel. Interesting, and. Um, I went out and I took a, a wad of, uh, of money, 20s and 50s, uh, uh, and I just talked to people who were living on the streets, who, who were lost, these lost souls, um, whose teeth were out, and you could see that they were homeless, and they're mostly drug addicts and, uh, and alcoholics, and, and little old ladies from someplace in the, in, in the, in, in the Far East uh, who uh, were looking for, uh, you know, to take the soda pop bottles back and, and get some money from them. And I would just go up to these people and just talk to them and tell, they would tell me a little bit of this. And I would place uh, a large bill in their pocket. And, they would, and I did that all afternoon. I just gave away money. And uh, it was when that evening when they, they took me out for dinner, Michael Gourjan and, and Noah and all the people who are doing the film uh, asked me, what did you do on your birthday? And I said, are you sure you want me to tell you? And I, could out, I couldn't do it without tears just streaming down my face, but it was the most beautiful birthday I've ever had in my life. And all I did was just reach out, and I've been doing something like that uh, in a much, much larger way ever since this, uh, this event took place. And I've been still attempting to manifest something very divine that only I know what it is inside my consciousness. And I just I feel it just gradually coming more and more closer to fruition and I'm just sitting back and practicing what the Beatles say just let it be to find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author please visit hayhouse.com thank you for listening